Live from cities and towns throughout the Pacific Northwest, it's Portland Story Theater's On the Road series. May the narrative be with you. So this past July, I am on the road, um, just passing through Pendleton. I almost couldn't be happier. I'm on the road again in my puppet mobile. It's full of treasures in the back, and I have a grant to do 17 uh, shows at libraries that don't normally get programs. Uh, places like Umatilla and Boardman and Condon, and tonight, I, that night, I was heading to a little town called Adams, uh, which is about 20 minutes east of Pendleton. And I'm heading up on this, up out on this hill. I'd been on the freeway all day coming down from Portland, coming over from Portland. <laughs> And finally, I'm hitting some country roads, and I'm going up, up, up. And I smell it before I see it. I smell dirt and must and the smell of sweet, sweet grain. And when I crest the hill, my eyes fill with gold. This is my country. Wheat fields, the Palouse. I know this country like the back of my hand. I grew up, where I grew up was still four hours away uh, from where I was. I grew up in eastern Washington, but I know these wheat fields. I know them because I, I would sit in them for hours and hours and daydream. I would sit in them for hours and hours and fly my rainbow kite and dream that I was the rainbow kite. I would sit up on the hill and look at my family's farm. It's eight acres. And it was a traditional big old blue farmhouse with a big covered front porch. There was a picturesque barn, a red barn, and I know it's picturesque because people would always stop and take pictures. <laughs> it was like the Christmas card one year on one of the TV stations. <laughs> Snow, red barn. And there was a couple of other outer buildings, including one of my, my mom's antique shop that she ran off the farm. And I would sit up in those wheat fields and hide from the dogs until it became adult dark. You know how it gets darker for adults sooner than kids. And I would hear my dad do the family whistle. And if he was using words, it would be, sweetheart, come in. And of course, I'd let him do it a few more times. And if I just didn't come, he would say, God damn it, Penny, get your ass inside. <laughs> Home. Uh, waking up to the smell of coffee, pancakes, eggs, bacon, French toast. Well, that was Sunday. During the week, my mom would give us anything we would eat and get us out and going. And for me, that was Chef Boyardee ravioli. <laughs> and for my brother, it was uh, leftover uh, chocolate cake and a can of Coke. <laughs> I know, right? So she would send my brother off to school. He was seven years older than me. My dad was a real estate agent, and he would drive off into town. And that would leave me and my favorite playmate, my mom, to be at the farm for the rest of the day. And my mom was always busy, busy, busy. She was an artist. So she wasn't pricing things to go out in the antique shop or cleaning them up or antiquing them. 
<laughs> we had an antiquing table. Just sit it out there, it'll rust, it'll be great. Um, <laughs> Uh, she would do silk flower arrangements for people's weddings, bouquets, and these fancy hats. She would do word carving with Dremel tools. And she was just amazing paint birdhouses. I don't know, there was nothing this woman couldn't do, at least in my eyes. But that would get interrupted by that sound. Ding, ding. You see, we had um, a gas station, one of those old gas station hoses that ran across the, the horseshoe driveway. And when somebody drove over it, it would push air up into this bell that was in the house. And it would go ding, ding, and that would alert us that there was a customer from my mom's shop. She would turn to me and say, now, Miss Penny, you're going to have to keep yourself busy. She'd put on her clogs and happily click-clack out there to greet them. And you know, I had lots of things to keep me busy. I had every doll, I had every train set, I had every puppet that you could imagine. But I was curious about the people. And so I would go out to the shop and I'd crawl under the tables and I'd peer up between the crystal and the colored glass. I'd hide in the vintage clothing racks and poke my head out. I would try on the vintage jewelry and of course I had to put on the tiara. And if they talked to me, you be sure that I asked them out to my playhouse for a tea party. <laughs> I invited everybody else to my playhouse for a tea party. It was, uh, my dad and my brother had built it for me as hopefully another distraction away from the people. Um, it was adjacent to my mom's shop. It was uh, also barn red. It was about 10 by 10, and there was a blue spruce that was between my mom's shop and, and my little playhouse, and um, that was her favorite tree on the whole property. It had, uh, on three of its sides, it had these beautiful picture windows, and at the front it had a little door that was half size. And I had, of course, all the latest tea sets and um, things. I had a little ice cream table and would invite everybody in. I always knew about the time that my school bus would be coming, so I would go out and sit under the old maple tree with the rope swing and I'd sway back and forth and wait for that bus to come around the corner. And when my brother spilled out, I instantly started tugging at him and pinching him and, and following him all the way in to the house. I know it annoyed him because he'd always be like flicking me away. <laughs> and my mom would be waiting inside. Yeah, she's indulgent, so she gave him and I a candy bar and sent us into the TV room and we would watch Gilligan's Island and reruns of Star Trek until we started fighting about, about and wrestling about who would get up and change the channel. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> so she'd kick us outside, get out of my hair, I gotta finish dinner before your father gets home. And we would go out on those eight acres. We might go play under the uh, plum trees and make forts. We might um, ride the edge of the property, he on his horse and me on my pony. But if the weather was bad, we would go under that big covered front porch and we'd push the wicker furniture to the sides and I'd get on my pink trike and my brother would get on my red and yellow big wheel. And we'd play race car and go around and around and around that porch. And, to, and then my brother would suddenly duck because a car would go by and he didn't want any of his friends seeing that he was still riding a big wheel. <laughs> About this time, my father would tear into the driveway with his powder blue Lincoln Continental singing, 
uh, the devil went down to Georgia. <laughs> He'd hop out of his car and he had this great denim suit and cowboy boots. And I remember running and just so much trust when you're that age, leaping into his arms and he would always catch me and he'd look at me and he'd be like, there she is, Miss America. <laughs> We'd get into the house and mom had the table set and it was kind of haphazardly, but we knew what was coming, pot roasts, maybe tuna casserole, maybe it was gonna be taco night, maybe pork chops and applesauce. My mom was the queen of comfort food. There was always, it was perfect. There was a chair for dad, Chris, mom, and Penny. Water, 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 rum, and Coke. <laughs> During dinner, the three of them would always be looking up over me because I had my back to the little TV that lived on top of the fridge. Somebody had to be that person. But I always took well advantage of the commercial breaks and thus a performer is born. <laughs> Performer, I'm on my way to Adams. I'm pulling into the town. The wheat fields go right up to the edge of this beautiful manicured park with its little rose garden. And as I'm setting up, um, people are coming. And there only about 20 people came to the show, most of them adults. But they all knew each other and they knew all the kids. And after the show, I could hear them talking amongst themselves as I'm packing up. And they're talking about booster fundraisers for sending the band to Washington, D.C. next spring. It's July, <laughs> and they're already planning these things. But I remember this growing up in a small town, a small community. I knew my neighbors that lived miles and miles and miles away. I don't know my neighbors that live 20 feet away from me now. I get in the car, and I'm heading back to Pendleton because that's where I'm going to stay the night, and I can't help it. I am feeling so nostalgic, I gotta put in Willie Nelson, it's a family favorite. So I put in Willie Nelson and sure enough, here comes Whiskey River on my mind. And I start laughing because I'm remembering all the late night family parties, poker parties at that kitchen table and I could hear the coins hitting the table and sometimes falling off and rolling onto the floor. But then the next song, I start bowling because it's blue eyes crying in the rain. And it reminds me of my dad and his big blue eyes that always seem to be winking at me and how I miss that so much because he's been gone for six years. And the next song comes on and I start laughing again because it's on the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. One of my mom's favorites, we would sing it over and over and it reminded me of all the times that she would pile me and my brother early mornings on Saturdays into her black Dodge truck and we would head into a state sale to a state sale so she could wheel and deal and fill up that truck and never was my mom more happier than she had a truck full of treasures but I'm sad again, I'm hysterical going up and down and around these hills. I start crying again because my mom's gone too. It's been three years that she passed away, but really it's 10 that I lost her with Alzheimer's. And then I'm in Pendleton and I'm aching to go home. I just wanna go home, but I got that chance. In the middle of August, I got an invitation to go back to um, Spokane for a family party. And much to my family's surprise, I said, yeah, I'll come. 
I hadn't accepted any before that. And probably because the last time that after we sold the farm two years ago, I filled up that trailer with all those memories. And before I pulled out, I, and, and, and before I pulled out, I looked at the farm and I couldn't believe, I really looked at the barn and it wasn't red anymore. It was peeling and brown and gray. The fences that had held in all the cats and dogs and horses had been falling down. The little playhouse that I had had so many wonderful tea parties in had been engulfed by the blue spruce. And I also knew under there that the windows had broke a long time ago and they were boarded up. So I took that kitchen table in that trailer and I said, I'm never coming back here. There's nothing but heartache. And I left. But now I want that feeling, that feeling I got when I crested that hill and my heart thumped when I saw the wheat. So I, I stayed with my brother and his wife and I said, have you been to the farm? Have you drove by the farm? And my brother, he hadn't had the heart to drive by there either, even though he only lives 15 minutes away. So we got in the car and we got on those gravel roads and we, we kind of took the outskirts. We didn't want the new family to see us that bought the farm. And uh, the first thing you see when you come around the corner is the big red barn. And they hadn't painted it, it was still paint, uh, peeling, but there was a brand new fence. And then I looked a little bit more and I saw it, the playhouse. It had been unearthed from the blue spruce tree. They didn't even know it was there, I guess. <laughs> and there were brand new windows, and it was bright red, just like I remembered. And there were bikes in the driveway, and there were dogs. And with a tear in my eye and a smile in my heart, I looked at my brother, and I just said, home. Yeah.